All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about MyLifeInABook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? 
Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom question you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she's overcame. This book becomes a legacy and something you and your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's giving you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I'm so excited about mylifeinabook.com because I'm planning on gifting my mom with this. She's always loved reflecting on memories and sharing her stories, and I know this will be the perfect gift to capture those moments for her. The thoughts of her flipping through the pages and reliving those cherished memories brings a smile to my face already. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code BRAVADO at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code BRAVADO for 10% off today. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth, the brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier, and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted Hormone Harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. (laughs) The real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more. And trust, if we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our goal is to create a safe space for growth, inspiration, laughter, and love, free of judgment, in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable 
or at least a little more entertained than before. It's homegirl vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back. How's it going? Pretty good. How's your weekend? My weekend was um, chill, pretty chill. Just recovering from the removal of my teeth, my wisdom tooth teeth removal. So haven't really, didn't do much at all actually. But I'm off tomorrow, so. Good, more relaxation. Yes, how was your weekend? Pretty good, chill. I didn't do much. Went out and had a couple drinks last night. But that's it, other than that. It's been a been a very light weekend. Little to nothing. All right. Well, new week, new tea. Where we kiki with you and you kiki with we. So, last week in our tea, well, it wasn't even last week. I think the week before last, we talked about Jesse Smollett being attacked in Chicago. And we were under the impression that he was attacked by two white men at first who were screaming, it's a MAGA country, and it was a hate crime. Now there's reports that this may not be true. We don't know for sure if it's true or not, but they're saying that these two people know Jesse, two Nigerian men, one who was his trainer, personal trainer, were brought in for questioning, and reports are saying that Jesse paid them to stage this attack because his character is being written off on Empire, these are the allegations that we're hearing. So Jesse and his lawyer and his team are saying that these allegations are not true. So we will see how this story continues to unfold. But this is sick. The whole thing. I think that was why people were saying or the rumors were flying that, oh, that that's why um, he didn't want to give up his phone records. Yeah, I remember hearing that in the beginning. People were like, why doesn't he want to show his phone? And I was thinking, why does he have to? Well, he was saying for privacy purposes, like to protect other people, you know, he has a lot of contacts, but even when you turn in your phone records, it doesn't say. He said he would give them his phone records, but he didn't want to give them his actual phone. Right. So. Which he turned over the phone records. Yeah, he gave them the phone records, but he didn't want to give over his actual phone. Right. And his, his statement for not wanting to give over the phone is to protect people who he knows. I mean, the whole thing sucks. But if Jesse, 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 if you're out there and you're listening and this is a lie. It's not going to be nice. It's not going to be a good look at all. Especially the fact that he said they were had on Trump supporters. Trump, MAGA took country. Trump took that and ran with it. He didn't say nothing before. But now he's saying there's been reports that you're basically your guy lied and tried to paint it as there was some hate crime affiliated with MAGA. And if and the noose around the neck and the bleach on the body. So if this is a lie, I mean, but people were even saying that like, damn, this is like, it seemed more like, um, like, what is that word? I hate when that happens. Damn. What? It like, seems like there was more to this. Not intentional, but like premeditated. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he was right outside his building and these like these these would either have to be people who calculated and knew where he who he was and where he lived. Like to have your noose, your bleach 
right. your MAGA hats. Yeah. Like all of this, unless they weren't and they just wanted to attack a black person. Yeah. When I first heard it, I didn't think it was too far fetched that they had a noose and bleach because I'm like, you know, there are some sickos in the world. Yeah. Of that, course. that would do something like that. But, um, yeah, when this came out, I'm like, okay, you know, I don't want to do the victim blaming or none of that, but we just want all the shit to unfold so we can just know what happened. That's it, period. What what really went down? And I hope it wasn't Jesse putting a hit out on himself. <sighs> I don't want that. I don't want that because then his character really will be gone. He yeah. will be dragged to hell. No more singing career. Wow, it'll take, it, they'll strip everything from him. Right, and hopefully this is not like a, a crying wolf thing to where when people are actually are involved in hate crimes that their stories aren't believed because of this. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what prayers what unfolds. Yeah. Still we're still praying. Mm-mm. Prayers still for all the people involved. So next, last week we talked about Gucci and the balaclava turtleneck that looked like blackface. And there was a protest called against um a strike called against wearing gucci initiated Montclair. yeah prada and Montclair initiated by tip so king of the south dapper dan had a meeting with gucci last week him and some other i guess leaders and african americans in the fashion industry movers and shakers they had a meeting with gucci and after their meeting gucci came up with four initiatives um to address the cultural diversity and awareness associated with the balaclava turtleneck. So one of their initiatives was that they're going to hire global and regional directors for diversity and inclusion. So they're now hiring, creating positions within the company whose sole responsibility will be to ensure the company reaches the standards and basically doesn't have no shit like this again. They're also going to have a multicultural design scholarship program awarding monies to fashion schools and students working in the industry what else are they going to do um there's going to be a global exchange program to promote a multicultural and diverse workplace by providing internal mobility for talent to come from regions to work at the headquarters offices in italy and basically that was it there's more details but tip said that ain't enough protest is still going on people are saying fuck the diversity and inclusion we're still off of gucci by black what do you think? Do you think that these efforts are an okay? This weekend accept it and move on and continue to wear the Gucci, or do you think it's BS? Um, I think it's their way of trying to gain back the black dollar because the black dollar um really makes a difference in their market, especially athletes, like people with money. And if people with money ain't buying the shit, it's going not that it'll go to hell, but you know, just like people are saying, I spend billions of dollars on this brand every year. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just their way to like CYA cover their ass, try to apologize for their mistake. And I don't buy Gucci already and I won't be buying any Gucci. It's basically the hmm. basically um the argument is we shouldn't have to beg for a seat at the table. Like we shouldn't even have to tell you guys that this type of shit needs to be reinforced enforced actually not reinforced enforced and that what you did was inappropriate so hit them where it hurts and take back your money and keep your money i know ti said the protest was going to be three months so i don't know what's going to change in three months but yeah for the people buying it that's their decision to make it's a lot yeah 
The oh. layers. More money in my bank shit. Um, what else? Oh, Drake. Drake re-released so far gone on all streaming platforms to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of his release. That was a classic mixtape. Classic yeah, body of that. classic body of work. Love mixtape Drake. I mean, love all Drake, but mixtape Drake, wow. Wow. The shot, did you read the post? Mm-hmm. About everything that everybody was doing 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thinking about what I was doing 10 years ago. What was I doing? Shit. Nothing much. But when I listened to this full body of work, um, one through, what was it, 18 here, they added some other, you know, pulled some together some other songs. Mm-hmm. But when I listened to that and um, A Night Off featuring Lloyd came on, <sighs> hip roll started. Seriously. Serious hip roll the was The Night Off, in. I forgot how much I liked The Night Wow. Off. I the was like, mm-mm-mm. I mean, and, and sooner or later. Soon? Yeah, the best mm. I ever had. Oh, uh, yeah, best I ever had. Yeah, but. Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, really a lot of those songs. Classic. Every song. Yeah. Every song I could listen to over and over. So this has been in my constant rotation. I didn't think that Drake was cute then. I thought he, he was already weird. cute. He's been. Now he looks like Bay. Back then he looked like Nay. I liked him. So mm. cute. And so talented. I didn't watch Degrassi either. So really, he I didn't, didn't look nothing like he did I didn't on catch you on. I didn't catch you into Drake until he got into music. I didn't know who he was until he started making music. He had a couple albums, a couple mixtapes. You listened to the mixtapes before this one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those ones I can't even find. Those need they're, to locate. They're not on Apple Music. They're like on SoundCloud or like that Piff, whatever. Yeah, you know those some shit like hot that. New mix- he doesn't look anything like he looked when he was um. On Degrassi. He looked crazy. Yeah, he didn't look like that. But he's made strides But the way he looks now, so he looks like money. Love he, him. he looks like he really came up. He really um made has made some real moves. Speaking of real moves, in those 10 years. you girls have made some real moves. We are now at 500 ratings and reviews. <sighs> we appreciate that. Don't forget, I mean, Black History Month is still going. You can still send in your payment. For sure. Via rating and review. Um, yeah, just support the things you love. This is your this is your way of buying black. Yes, this is and this is also your way of exchanging energy with us. We pour into you all with this podcast, putting out the episodes, putting out the content, updating all of our other platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And so in exchange, we would appreciate it so much if you just took a little bit of your time to leave us a rating and a review. It really helps keep us going. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. We have to exchange um, energy here. Five star ratings for five star chicks. That's Period. what we like. Period. Yes. So today, our review of the week comes from Swayvolution. She says, yes, BGB is literally my favorite podcast. Topics are always helpful and right on time. As a black woman at a PWI, it is necessary that I tune in with my big sisters and listen to topics that reflect me. Y'all always have me laughing, inspired, and ready to take on my day. I can't wait to meet y'all, so please keep us updated on the meetups and events y'all host. Mm-hmm. If you're in L.A., the Los Angeles area, or if you're willing to come to the Los Angeles area, we are having our first event. Well, not really our first, but our first major event, June 1st, 2019. Tap in. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. And another way for you to stay connected is to subscribe uh, to our email list at theblackgirlbravado.com. Once we have more events and things that are happening, we'll be putting them on the website. So just check that platform every now and again and make sure you're not missing out any on anything again that's the blackgirlbravado.com 
We also go live on Instagram on Wednesdays, 6.30 p.m. So mm-hmm. tune in to our Instagram lives. That's a way to see us up close and personal. And then we have our Facebook group, the Black Girl Bravado Podcast Homegirl Hangout. That's another place where you can see us. So until we have our events popping up here, there, and everywhere, that's where you can find us. All of that is down in the show notes. And we'll be waiting on you to pull up. That's it. So last week, last week's episode was episode 84, Holistic Mama Doula Talk in Motherhood with Olivia of Her Holistic Path. So in last week's episode, we chatted with our girlfriend, Olivia. Olivia is a doula, a holistic mama, a wife, and a creator of, or the creator of Her Holistic Path, which is a community of women who are radically healing, shamelessly living in their truth and empowering women to trust their bodies and live naturally. So Olivia was kind enough to share with us her journey to holistic freedom, how she fulfills her roles as a birth worker, and the benefits of having a doula. Olivia also explained how we can reprogram our subconscious to understand that the birthing process doesn't have to be painful or even a scary thing. Um, She also provided a couple valuable tips and suggestions on getting rid of mom guilt and highlights the importance of prioritizing self-care as a mother. So that episode was filled with tea and gems. If you're not a mom, if you are a mom, if you think you want to be a mom, tap in. Yes, just saw an article on Vice saying that there's a hidden epidemic of doctors abusing women in labor, Mm. according to doulas. Now, we don't want to push like fear into people and make them scared because, again, everyone, doulas aren't accessible to everyone for one reason or the other. But the more knowledge you have, the more power you have. So just knowing that this is an option that's available to you can make you feel even more empowered when delivering your baby or Mm -hmm. giving birth to your babies. Are planning on it. You just know, you just know, like I have options. I don't have to go this route if I don't want to. Yes. So, so. yeah, that was a good epi. Mm-hmm. So yeah, get into it. Today, mm. today, um, we had a girlfriend who sent in a request or an email, which you can do at the Um, And she asked that we talk about generational curses or how we kind of mimic or receive I don't know like you know how our grandparents and our parents do these things and have these behaviors or live these lives and uh, subsequently we also carry out those traits and live these lives and um things of that nature right mm-hmm. so some one people of the faith Christian faith might say generational curse yeah so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about here but for the sake of this episode and removing the Christian based, I don't want to say, or making it too heavy in biblicalness. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to use a more psychological term and call them intergenerational traumas or multi generational traumas. So, events that have happened in the past that might affect generations forward, affecting you now, might affect your children, things like that. Yes. That's what we're talking about today. Yes. So, <clears throat> The dictionary definition of intergenerational trauma is where a trauma sustained by a family member a number of generations ago still reverberates in the lives of the family members who are currently alive. In these situations, family members are often left to deal with the consequences of what happened in earlier generations. Right. So, intergenerational traumas sounds deep because it is deep right because this is some shit that's been embedded before you were even here and you just some shit you were essentially born into Mm -hmm. so these traumas can affect the way family members understand cope and heal from trauma yeah um like a, a way that we might understand this is like 
domestic violence. There's a lot of way that trauma can show up in our lives and that we might end up acting in that trauma. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, because people mimic these behaviors and repeat certain maladaptive behaviors, it creates generational issues that go like from one person to the next person to the next person to the next person because we're in these environments where this bullshit is happening. Mm-hmm. It's like a learned behavior, unfortunately, and sometimes it's we're predisposed to it. We don't have a choice, especially the shit that's in your house. Yeah, it's kind of like um how we talked about with the victim mindset, how it's kind of it can be like learned helplessness because mm-hmm. you essentially learned how to be a victim from being taught. You can learn how to, not all the time, but you can learn how to be a victim from the ways you were taught, things and values that were instilled in you. And it might feel like this that's the only way, but once you really do some unpacking, you find out, wow, this is some shit that don't even really belong to me. Yeah. This, this belongs to somebody that was here before I was even thought of, before I was even here, and I'm carrying this burden, they burdens, on my back. Yeah. It's sad. Is that so some we can see that intergenerational trauma negatively impacts families as a result of um, resolved emotions and thoughts about a traumatic event. So us not even want to deal with some shit, you know, like sweeping secrets under the rug. Mm-hmm. We don't want to admit that this happened and now we have to deal with it. You might also see this um, inter I mean, yeah, intergenerational trauma come up by poor parent and child relationships and these emotional attachments like. You have a bad relationship or mama and grandma have a terrible ass relationship. Mm -hmm. Therefore, mom doesn't understand how to connect with women. Therefore, now your relationship with mom is fucked up and it just spirals down until someone decides to make a change. Right. It says I'm not putting up with this shit no Mm -hmm. more. It can also, interracial traumas can also negatively impact families by establishing contentment with dysfunction. It's like you run towards dysfunction because that's what you're comfortable with. You're comfortable when shit's all over the place and when things are moving at a calm pace or nothing really is stirred up, the pot isn't stirred up, you feel like, wow, why isn't there any dysfunction? So you look for dysfunction. You're content with it. And even if you aren't looking for it, it's also the idea that you're not trying to get help through it. It's mm. like, oh, well, we just crazy. This is just my crazy ass family. And this is just right. the way it we is deal. What it is. Yeah. Like this is just the way we kind of deal with one another. That's also that area of contentment. Like mm, it is what it is. And I'm so tired. tired. Mm-hmm. Um, it also can neck interracial intergenerational traumas can also negatively impact families by Poorly mismanaged or untreated substance addictions manifesting. Mm. There, there's been, I've seen that. I've seen that firsthand. Addictions, sick, sick, sad, but reality. Yeah. And you know what? Before we even continue, we just want to make sure that we clarify and, and communicate that we're not inferring that trauma, like that you're necessarily dealing with trauma. Like if all of you, if you recognize that these things are going on in your family, we're not diagnosing you or saying, oh my God, you're, you're a victim or you're, you know what I mean? You're dealing with trauma. That's not what we're doing because ultimately trauma is subjective. Mm -hmm. What's traumatic to me might not be traumatic to you, might not be traumatic to Brittany. So again, you guys, we said this in a long time ago in the very beginning of recording this podcast. We ain't doctors. We ain't mental health professionals. This is just subjective information. We just giving it. That's it. So love you. Right, our view of it. So don't take it as gospel. Take from it what applies. Leave what doesn't, or you can leave it all hell. Yeah, leave it. Whatever all. you, whatever you feel you need to do, do that. 
So let's talk about ways we might see trauma unfold or actions of trauma unfolding in our families. Before we before we do that, do you feel like you have been affected by interracial drama to any capacity, present, past? Um, I mean, of course. I feel like my my inability to necessarily connect on a familial level because I'm not. I don't want to say not proud of, um, but I don't have like a very familial bond after a certain age. Like once I started recognizing. Like, mm, I don't like the way they get down. Like, like the spirit of just like, but poverty, <laughs> you know, things like where that I don't feel like align with who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like my nuclear family. We got a whole different vibe than my external family or my, um, what is that called? Extended. Extended. Yeah. So, um, you know, the things that I've been raised around, the things that I was raised with and the mindset and mentality totally different than some of my other family members and um that could be a result of your mom real recognizing that it is a result of that mm-hmm, wanted to level up and separate Precisely. and change the the perspective change the trajectory mm-hmm. because a result of yeah so because of that i'm like mm, i don't really care to like um establish or not even establish because the bond is already established Foster, i don't care keep, to maintain maintain yeah mm-hmm. It like, eh, I don't really, it doesn't matter to me. Um, yeah, because I just want the same vibrational energy around me that I give off. I need that back. So if you hear with it, I can't. I can't. Like if you got a low vibrational frequency, I just can't. And I don't have much. It's hard. Oh my God, it's hard. Yeah. What about yourself? Um, yeah. One thing that I could think of in particular is like um, closeness with siblings. Me and my siblings have like a large age gap, but outside of that, it's and that could be part of the reason. But it's not like we're BFFs. Like we get along, but not like oh BFFs. And I think about how my grandma be like, none of her siblings liked her. She didn't establish a, a close relationship with her her siblings until adult years. Same thing with my mom. Her my her and my auntie they used to be going at it. Like they had to go to separate high schools. Oh, wow. Because um, my grandma says that she put them in separate high schools because she wanted them to have a separate identity. But I felt like she didn't really foster a mm-hmm. close relationship with them by doing that. Not just not just saying you have to go to the same school with your sibling for you guys to have a close relationship. But she kind of just went with it instead of being like, no, y'all need to figure it out. Like, this is your sibling. Yes, you guys have separate identities, but I'm not going to separate you and send you to different schools. But know? also it's because that wasn't important to her because it's something that she didn't have. Exactly. So the, the her inability to connect. So she didn't understand connect, that. Right. right. Connect the two. So I feel like some that that was something that was like passed on through generation through generation. Yeah. And you know what else? I was talking to my sister about this. Um, and my mom always mentions it. My mom was supposed to go to Cal State Fullerton, right? Mm-hmm. And... When my mom was accepted, my grandma, who didn't, my gram, who didn't finish like even high school, um, was like, whatever you want to do. But that's just because she's the kind of person like I'll honor whatever you you want for yourself and I'll love you no matter what. But she wasn't savvy enough to know, like, no, you need to go straight to college, you know. And my mom had a scholarship that she didn't end up taking because at the time my grandma was like. Yeah, you don't have to go if you don't want to. And my mom did was like, yeah, well, I'm not going to go. Mm. You know, of course, she ended up finishing and going to college later. But um, she always says, like, damn, I wish, like, mama would have pushed me to go. Mm-hmm. And my mom has always been, like, a, a 
person like you need to go to school you need to go to college but I was talking to my sister about it and I was like it's a trip um that because now my my sister is a parent and I, I it's just like when you really understand like you can only give your children what, what you, you have. have yes you really you know because we we talk about areas where my sister is like oh I want to do this I want to do that but she might not be that strong in that area in which I'm always like well let me take care of it or let me do it and it really put into perspective for me how you know we do have to be compassionate and empathetic to generations previous and you know past mm -hmm. because they really wasn't working with you know you they really can only just with me give tooled in the toolkit you really can only give what you have yeah. and what you know to give and, and as as a result sometimes people end up suffering because of it yeah and that's definitely where empathy comes into place because you're able to better understand and not i guess not quite blame them mm -hmm. for what happened you know, yeah. we still have to hold people accountable, but at the same time, just like you said, people cannot give. You just, it's impossible Yeah. to give what you can't have and something has and to And you click. can't even conceptualize giving something that you don't have because you don't know that you don't, don't have, have it. Don't have it, right. You can't even be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You don't even get it. It doesn't even make you, the two don't connect. Yeah. It's a trip. Craziness. So what are those ways that we might see this trauma unfolding? Back on track. Yeah. So one of the ways that you might see this trauma unfolding is with mental illness. So if you're sticking with the idea of generational curses, quotes, in quotes, yeah, you might see mental illness manifesting in the form of depression, bipolar disorder, multiple personality disorder, etc. These are things that are passed on from a lot of the times are passed on from generations before us. Genetic dispositions. Mm -hmm. So. And if you're dealing, if you're the first person in your family dealing with depression, then again, you know, it's not, we're not blaming these generational curses on mental illness because mental illness is real. That's not what we're saying, you know, but a lot of times when you, your family has a history of, it makes you more susceptible to certain things. And you know, a lot, a thing that I've noticed as well is these mental illnesses, a lot of the times affect generations before us, but they didn't call it this. Mm. They didn't even know mental illness is something that we're naming it. That is fairly new saying you have a mental illness. Yeah. People weren't saying back in the day, oh, my cousin is mentally ill. They say, oh, she crazy. She not normal. She right. not like us. She just a little off. Right. And it wasn't the problems. The issues weren't even being fully addressed. That was something that was a sweep under the rug too. Or we just treat them differently or isolate ourselves from them. Yeah. So. It's a lot dealing with the family tree. Um, another might be addiction. I know a lot of people see addiction in their family um, and it stems from various, you know, issues, inability to cope, so on and so forth. But children of addicts are eight times more likely to develop an addiction. So this is science here. This ain't about us talking about nothing else but science. Yeah. So one study looked at 230 people, and I'm getting this information off addictionsandrecovery.org. So a study looked at 231 people who were diagnosed with drug or alcohol addiction and compared them to 61 people who did not have an addiction. And then they looked at their first degree relatives, so parents, siblings, or children of those people, mm -hmm. and discovered that the parent has a drug, that if a parent has a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction, then the child basically is more, more likely. likely to develop an addiction. And a lot of that stems from seeing when you are in a household with a parent who's an addi addict or addicted to a substance, you you can either find that as a way to cope mm. and then you look at those 
those means as a way that you're going to cope right. with trauma and inability to, to cope. Um, or you decide like, yeah, I'm not going that route. Yeah, I saw the way it tore you down. Tore up. Think about Bobby Christina. Wow. See? We saw her growing up in that on the, the Bobby and Whitney reality TV show. They were visibly high mm. around Bobby Christina. She turns around, becomes addicted to drugs, dies in the same exact way as her mother. Now that was scary. That was scary. <sighs> Bless her heart. Like, I yeah. just felt like she just didn't have a choice. She tools. did have a choice. She definitely had a choice, but she didn't have the tools, Mm-mm-mm. the support that she needed to rise above because, wow. That's sad. <sighs> Another way that we might see trauma unfold or the actions of trauma unfolding in our families is through abuse. So when you're exposed to violence at an early age, especially inside the home, this can lead you to have these same character flaws by either being an abuser, being an abuser, or thinking that it's acceptable or okay to be abused by someone else because that's how love was displayed. Yeah, daddy hit mama, but she said he loved her and that's all she knew and that's that's how we saw love displayed. Or even the, we can bring it to pop culture, the R. Kelly vibe. <sighs> Abused, abuses. Yeah. Like, you know, that whole... That that cycle of like someone end up being a sick motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody His violated you. Yeah. And now you violating folks. Now you're abusing people. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? You know, another way too is that sometimes and not in every circumstance that people who are molested or abused as children grow up and like turn into abusers. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes those those people who are victims of abuse become extremely protective of their children. Um and sometimes can end up negatively impacting them, right? Those people who super, super living shelter their kids. Yeah. And yeah. impose a fear on their children. Like this type of person is bad or that type of person is bad. They might do this. They might do that. Um, another way I seen, and this, this sparked up the intergenerational trauma too. I was watching um, Iyanla Fix My Life and there was a family on the episode. Um, it was a lady a mom, a dad, and their three daughters. Mm-hmm. And um, long story short, the mom accused the dad of molesting the daughters. The family was split because the older daughter knew her dad never molested her. She was old enough to comprehend like what her mom asked her. And then she said, no, my dad never molested me. The other two daughters were like three years old and younger. So they mm-hmm. didn't have an idea. So for years, the mom fed this lie to them that your dad molested you. That's why you guys aren't around. And there's no relationship there because he's, he raped you and molested you. And these kids grew up 20 years. They were like 28 by the time they on the show, 31, 28 and 26. Mind you, the younger ones have lived this lie for 20 something years, Right, their whole life thinking that their dad is this monster, that he's molested them, that he's been disgusting, right? They take a lie detector test. It comes out that the mom lied this whole time. Lying ass. Imagine the pain, the distrust, working through all of that, trying to rebuild. They wanted a relationship with their father, but the whole time they're like, he violated me. I could never. And this innocent father who's like, I ain't never did that to my kids. You a damn lie. Now the hate, anger, you know, all these emotions to the mom. 
because now we know mom's a liar. Right. Right. The sisters had beefed because the older daughter knew that the dad never did anything wrong. And she always tried to stand up for the dad, Mm -hmm. thus resulting in physical altercations with the younger sisters at points. Yeah. Like the family had been separated. They all had families of their own. Their kids didn't click up. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and another thing that really took me out was. The fact that it came out in the end, the mom had been abused when she was younger Mm. and her way of trying to protect her, or like being like, I know that he had to do this because somebody in my life did this to me and I can't put it past him that he wouldn't do it to them. Wow. That's what it all came down to. So my thing is that these parents who might've been exposed to molestation or abuse, you know, might try to overly protect their children. This is like an extreme case. To where it has an adverse effect. Adverse effect. Yeah. For they're trying to protect their kids and they make up this whole, she was sick, dog. I hated her. I was watching the show with my mom. I'm like, the mom's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw little snippets, like little, I didn't watch the whole show. I'm going to go back and watch the whole episode now. But I saw little snippets when yeah, they said that. Dealing with her own, own um unconfronted her own shame her own guilt her own feelings of not resolving what happened to her and projecting them onto her kids fuck and she fucked, you know, up, fucked, fucked them from up. the front and the back fucked them up because although the lie detector test revealed that that was a lie they still have to rework they still have to work through all that it's not just going to be overnight okay you are dad we cool no now those negative feelings maybe put off onto the mom so they got to figure out what to do with her all while rebuilding this relationship with their father, just I mean, horrible. and their dad's family because they they kind of disconnected there. And they plus wouldn't. the fighting, like yes, the sisters it was, had to there try were to, lies, but we were still fighting. And the sisters was like, "I don't trust you." Like we boxed, you know. And it is like it was so it was a lot. I was like, "Wow, this family." So yeah, the abuse is really no joke. <laughs> and that shit in. Wow, heavy. <laughs> Um, so another way we might see trauma unfold is poverty, poverty, mindset, poverty, poverty, for real financial burdens. We talked about this with, on our financial episode with Jamila, how a lot of our money habits are taught or passed on. Inherited. Rather directly or indirectly. What we see them doing, what we're taught to do, what we're not taught to do. Those things can create and mimic some of the same financial issues that we see from our parents and are in our families in general. Yeah. Or even, you know, nothing against people who are on government assistance, but people who think that's really how you're supposed to live. You know, like government assistance is there to assist, to aid families and people who are unable to do right. And or who might need a little extra, uh, another push, yeah. a little extra here you know, to make it. But is there some people who literally abuse the yeah. government aid and, you know, who will be on um, a government assistance, just having babies, doing it, whatever, because that's how they mama do it. Mm-hmm. And literally that's how it is. Like you see mama got on housing. Now we all on housing. Not that you need the housing, but just because you don't want to go out and work or do what you got to do to get to the next level. Yeah. That poverty mindset, like, yeah, well, this is the way it happens. This is the way we got it. Mm-mm-mm. Or even if you hear something as simple as hearing all the time, I ain't got it. You really grew up thinking, I ain't got it. Even if you have it, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. It's just something instilled in us where we have the I ain't got it mindset instead of what do I need to do to get it? Yeah. Or I have it. Or I have it. Yeah. It's already mine. Yeah. 
Um, another is this idea of like no ambition, no drive, no vision. So if you see some niggas in your family with that on them, honey, run. Yeah, steer away. Yeah. So these people might have like no internal vision for their lives. They don't set any goals or they're just blown to and fro. They live in these circumstances. You know, they just are like, mm, making a way, making ends meet, make, you know, trying to just make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, if you want to call it a curse, this curse or trauma is revealed in people who just lack this ambition. They kind of go aimlessly through life. And we know that ambition is a strong desire to make a difference in your life. It's yeah. like visions, dreams, aspirations to succeed. So when, when these kind of people are in your life and they don't care, they literally don't care about tomorrow. They're not trying to figure it out. There's certain families who, like the parents and the people around you, literally speak life into chasing your dreams, right? making it work. We going to do what we got to do to level up. And other people are just like, hmm. Or just pessimistic. Whenever you say something about your ambitions, your dreams, your goals, they like, now what make you think you can do that shit? Right. Ain't nobody else in this family did that. You better go out and figure out an easier way. That's like not Oprah possible for in you. in her Super Soul Sunday when her grandma was washing. Even Michelle Obama. Those clothes in that um pot and she said now Oprah girl <laughs> you gonna grow up you, you better be a man you gonna learn how to do this and Oprah was like not nah, nah fam I'm for sure being Oprah like no you know what actually I'm not yes this is not what I want to do yeah so I'm not doing it so tap in yes um so let's talk about ways to overcome intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. you feel like you're affected by some intergenerational trauma and you want to start the first steps to break him free from this trauma break every chain break now that is what that's about literally breaking those chains break honey. Em. breaking them. where's the um what's that thing called to break chains sledgehammer where is it <laughs> <laughs> so here's your sledgehammer recognize the trauma so your freedom starts with acknowledging that there's a problem Hey, this is not cool. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong here. And this that's the first step to figuring out what you need to do to change it. Yeah. Um, second step is if you're able to, if you really, if you are living in a household with your family, sit down with everybody if you can and discuss your roles in this family con- like context of familiar roles and environment. Like, hey, mom, you do this. Mom, you're verbally abusive. Mm-hmm. Mom, you do you have impacted me this way. Dad, you have impacted me that way. Like, you have to talk some of this stuff out. The stuff that we don't want to talk out, we got to talk it out. Which leads to the third point: seek professional help. Yeah, sometimes we can't do it. Sometimes, sometimes us we cannot and Jesus. do it alone, especially. If it's going to be a volatile situation, somebody going to pop off, it might be a fist fight or something, you have might have to bring in a professional. This is, can be hard, too, because everybody's not receptive and willing to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. I've said, we need to go to family therapy before, and people looked at me like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? We don't need to go to therapy because people think therapy means you're crazy. But family therapy or individual therapy is a great way to learn your traumas, Talk through any pain or hurt and gather new ways of coping and living life. You do not have to live with these traumas or curses. And it's a safe space where everybody, like, remember when Miles and uh, was smoking weed and D and Frank and Mo all went to counseling? Safe space. Yeah. Because he started fucking up. And also, they have the, sorry, they also, the, the therapist, the counselor, the professional, they have the language. Mm-hmm. To convey something that you might not even you might not be able to express to your family. 
they won't be able to even, even if you can't express it, they won't be able to receive it from you. Right. But receiving it from that person, that professional help, the therapist, if something might click and then when they're like, okay, wow, I see it now. I get it now. Damn, we do need to change. Yeah. And people who don't want to go to therapy, that's like that contentment with dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, it is what it is. Ain't no helping us or. Mm. Right. I am who I am. I've been living like this for 50 years and ain't no motherfucker going to change me. Yeah. Vibe. Like, okay. That'd well, be it. you know what? And when people act like that, it's okay to be like, you know what? Then I don't got to deal with you. Yeah. Which is the last point for us to you. D- decide to leave a new legacy so you can't be afraid to detach from things you aren't proud of if your family engages in behavior you don't like then just remove yourself um you know there's that saying like you don't get to choose your family vibe so even though we don't get to choose our families we get to choose who we interact with and how we allow ourselves to be impacted by other people's energy mm-hmm. if you're not down bounce if your family is a bunch of liars and cheesers and thieves Hey, I don't want to be connected with the liar, cheating, and thieves. Yeah. Creating something new all on my own. Right. And sometimes it's hard, and but but sometimes it's necessary. Tell your neighbor it's tight, but it's right. It's tight, but it's right, neighbor. Yeah. Tell your other neighbor. Tell what? I'm leaving this shit behind. Oh, okay. Leaving I'm it leaving alone. this shit behind. Leaving it behind. We gotta. We have to transcend. We don't deserve no. generational trauma. Yeah, this generation has, our generation has an advantage because we got our eyes wide open. Yeah, ain't no sleepwalking. Yeah, we know when shit's going on and we're taking a stand saying, hey, y'all want to keep doing this, but not I said the cat. Yeah. We get to make I'm some differences. On. And hopefully, you know what, our families going forward from this generation forward will be stronger will be more liberated, will have the tools that they need because we're setting a foundation mm-hmm. of love, of honesty, of transparency, transparency of self-care, of self-worth, of self-value, self-mastery. All of those things now, we're taking those out of our toolbox and put, dropping the little seeds in our family. And we're going to, you know, those those seeds will turn into trees. Yeah, because once we think about it, especially for the black family. One day you're going to be a grandma. Uh, especially for the black, our black people, our African-American people, our intergenerational trauma runs deep. Our ancestors were motherfucking slaves. slaves. Yeah. So it's going to take a while. Yeah, it runs It runs deep. Roots are buried it deep. It hasn't okay? been no crystal stair for no, us. it has not. So that's why we have to have empathy and try to work with our family as much as we can until we just can't anymore. We got to be patient. We got to have some understanding. But at the end of the day, we got to do what's best for ourselves. Wilk sent me some pictures of um, my fifth generation grandparents, girl. Wilk is the historian of y'all family. I don't know how she gets this stuff. I was like, wow, look at my slave grandma and my white um, girl, I have got grandfather. Girl, yes. My auntie is like the Wilk of your family. She God. has all the photos. Whenever I go to her house, I will go through all the photo albums. I'm like, no, who are these white people? Yeah. She's like, that's your great, great, great grandfather. Yeah. White slave owner. The Youngbloods was mine. Let me see. That if was I got the name it. of them? The Youngbloods? Yeah, here it is. James Youngblood. This looks like you. That's what we're <laughs> This looks like you. Mm-hmm. Wow. And my slave grandma right here. Great, 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 great grandma. Wow. That's how they do us though. Trauma, okay? Trauma. Can you, know you these, imagine? You know these black kids running around are yours and you just, hmm. We really have an advantage. We have an advantage that we can lay down with somebody who, who we want to have kids with. Like, hey, I want to procreate with you. Let's get it on. And then have well, your you know kids. It it. Oh, 
Yeah. But yeah. our ancestors, a lot of them didn't have a choice. Now think about that. Having to raise kids that you did not want to have, that you were raped and forced into having. Mm. The trauma that comes along with that. Whew, yeah. Chile. Born 1842 and slave. That's what it says. Germany, the fact that you look like that, white man. Stop. You think so? Yes. I can't see it. You guys have the bone structure, the facial structure. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. That's that. Wow. So, okay. Okay. Now pick it's time to pen. pick up your pen. We're, We're dropping, dropping a gem. Okay. So while I've been in the sick and shutting list, on the sick and shutting list, mm -hmm. um, I tapped on the Netflix and watched um, Trigger Warning, Killer Mike. Mm -hmm. Good series. So one of the episodes, he challenged himself to buy black for three days. How did that Like go? literally, he had to eat things from a black restaurant. And the gag was the food that they used to prepare the meals had to come from like a black farm. That's even like harder. Girl, he wasn't eating. Oh, really? He finally found like this. It was in Athens, Georgia. He finally found this for farm that was black owned and she made all the food using the food from the the vegetables produce and items from the farm child. wow so um he was talking about how the black community needs to keep our dollar in our ecosystem and he gave these stats so a dollar in the asian community can stay in the asian community for 28 days wow in the jewish community the dollar stays for 21 days White communities, 23 days. Guess how long it stays in our community, sis? One day. Six, six days. Oh, six days. The dollar stays in our African-American communities for six damn days. We'd be so ready to take our dollar out. And one of the reasons is because we don't own enough. Yeah. But the other reason is because we don't see the value in our own shit. Mm -hmm. We'd be so quick to shoot down. That's why I don't buy black because they not professional. and they Or they want to jack up the or, prices. Or they want to overcharge and I can go get it from blah, blah, blah. We are so quick to just Tear spend down. our dollars elsewhere. So he mentioned this um, showcase, this great resource called webuyblack.com. I checked it out. They have a host of things and everything on that site is from a black owned business so anything from clothing health supplies vitamins accessories mm. um household items anything you need they even have a black owned cell phone company called figures oh f-i-g-g-e-r-s it's not a play on words with niggers that's the last name oh, of the no. people but yeah. um yeah, so check that out. That's our gym this week. It's Black History Month, but still, we we talked about this Gucci shit, Montclair, Prada. We have to start supporting our own. So go to this website, support us. We still got a little bit of merch left. <laughs> More merch is coming. Leave us a rating and a review, but support Black businesses whenever you can. We it's our responsibility to keep us going. Twenty eight days versus six days is sick. Sick mode. So, so that'll be down in the show notes. Look at this. Now, she, we, my great-grandma looks like that man. She looks dead on him. Yeah. So the that would have been her great-grandfather. Great yeah, she does. Mm. That's crazy. And then I feel like we kind of start turning into ourselves. Then you don't win black, black. Then I start looking like my nana. Y'all are twins. <laughs> 
Yeah, we are. We're twins. Okay, so this week, um, our girlfriend gag. Girlfriend gag. This is our girlfriend gag segment, actually. Yeah. So this is where you can send your comments, questions, your concerns to us, um, and we'll gag about it here on the show if you allow us with your with your um, blessing. blessing, of course. Yeah. So you can send anything that you want to say to contact at theblackgirlbravado.com. Don't get crazy, though. Just want to say somebody gonna go. No, I'm just saying, you okay. know, people get to start doing thinking they could do whatever they want, say whatever they want. So just be nice. None of that is accepted here. We'll stop that at the door. Yeah. Craziness is stopped at the door. You so, got it. You read it. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. So this comes from the DMs. She says, here's my gag. Whew, it's a long one. So buckle up. <clears throat> I'm a 20 year old working entrepreneur. I've been staying with my sister for what will be a year in April. It's my sister, her three kids, and her boyfriend. I've been sleeping on the couch because it's a two-bedroom. Living with my mother is not an option for reasons I will not disclose. But with that being said, I help pay bills, take her to wherever she needs to go, and babysit for free on occasions. But this ain't enough for her. Every time I speak up against something wrong, she puts me out, which means I've slept in my car on several occasions in an apartment that I help pay bills for. She only allows me back in when she needs something, and I'm so fed up. Mm -hmm. My family always seems my family always makes it seem as if I'm wrong when this happens instead of holding her accountable. I'm getting my own place in April, but she's doing everything in her power to have me stay. It would be a cheaper option for me, but I can't take the abuse anymore. She's literally a narcissist, and nobody will speak up about it. I want to stay because I'm afraid I may not be able to afford to live on my own. But then again, I believe that I can push my business to make more than enough. I don't know. I feel as if I have some type of mental trauma when it comes to standing up for myself and pushing what I believe in because I've always been shot down by family members. I've always been shot down for family members. I really just would like some words of encouragement and your opinion on this situation. Thanks a lot. Your homegirl. Hi, baby. So... This first relates, first, this relates to what we were talking about. We were just talking about, I feel like. I'm just going to say it. Your sister is sick. Yeah. The manipulation. Like, your how dare fucked she up. kick you out when she knows you have no place to go, cause you to sleep, on, sleep in your car on several occasions, and not allow you back in until she needs something? It's toxic. And you don't deserve for somebody, somebody to be able to pull strings like that on you. Yeah. No strings attached, like in sync. Bye, bye, bye. So although it may be dis it may be um, difficult. intimidating or difficult for you to feel like, hey, you know, it's gonna, I'm going to have to pay more to live on my own. You peace. deserve, and Lord, the Lord will make a way. He's just ready for you to take a leap, baby girl. You need peace, Take the sis. leap, and everything will fall into place. Because you know what? When you got to pay your own rent, you will push your business to make more. You will pick up whatever you need to do to make the rent. And you'll have, a, like Germany said, a peace of mind knowing that nobody can tell you to get out because they're upset. If you get out, it's because of something you did or didn't do. And you know what? Be resourceful and start looking into this now. If you feel more confident with a roommate because bills, like understandable, Look for a roommate. Look for the kind of roommate that you want or someone who might be rent renting a room in an area that you like that you wouldn't mind spending your money. If you're already giving her money, um, you already are renting not even a room. You're renting a couch mm -hmm. from your sister. So if you can pull your ends and, and give her money every month, you could pull your ends and rent from somebody who's a responsible landlord, someone who's nice. Yeah. And, you know, who will welcome you in and treat you like an equal, e equally paying citizen. Yeah, with some respect. And people love to cripple you. 
Yeah, that's People what she's doing. People love to cripple you and make you feel like you can't do without them or that you need You're them to mercy. do something. And you have to free and liberate yourself from that. Because she's she's not going to stop any until you put your foot down and say, hey, and that's the way you can break free from this mental trauma from your family, making you feel like you can't stand up for yourself. Stand, take a stand now and show them, hey, I'm standing up for myself and I don't need you guys support for me to do it. I would just wow. I just that 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 I would. They ugh. won't even be able to shoot you down because you're like, I'm not doing this I'm just not the kind of person who can deal with too much of that. Like, I would be like, let me try to figure something out immediately. That's stressful. Like, how can I show this bitch if yeah, she ain't going to be dragging yeah, me? Yeah, it would probably turn into, a, I'm going to have to show you. Yeah, I would do it like tomorrow. Yeah. Like, oh, just so you know, I'm re I, I'm moving. I, the money that I would be giving you on the first, I would be renting a room from somebody. Yeah. Immediately. And you can look on credible sources like Zillow, Trulia, things like that, you know. Because people rent rooms all the time. And there's also, I don't know what state you're in, but there's Facebook groups too. Like there's one for the Los Angeles area where people put up rooms that they're renting and you can see the people that you'll potentially be moving in with so you'll feel safe and secure. There are resources out there, but you don't have to deal with this. I can tell you that much. Mm -mm. You don't. Mm -mm. This is completely unacceptable and you do not deserve this. No, hell no. Not in 2019, not in never. And hopefully some of the tips and suggestions that we gave in this episode can help you deal with the trauma, the mental trauma that you feel like you're being subjected to. Because I know that can be tough when the attacks are coming from your own family. But again, you don't deserve this from anybody. And again, you get to choose whose energy you interact with. And your sister's doesn't seem like the kind of energy you should be interacting with. Make the choice. And you, you hold her accountable by getting out. Nobody else want to hold her accountable. But you can be the first to be like, hey, baby girl, the buck stops here. Mm -hmm. You thought. Period. Okay. Now you got to pay the rent, you and your man. Yeah, on your own and babysit your own damn kids. <laughs> yeah. And nobody to bully around and push around. Yes. Mm-mm. So that's that. We're praying for you. Praying for you. And that's really it for today. Yeah, that's it. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, please remember to share this episode if you was feeling it mm -hmm. we love seeing that tell a home girl to tell a home girl to tell, tell a home, home girl. girl and we'll see you all next, next week all right love you bye, bye.